What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Questions You Never Thought to Ask, the Whitewater Kayaking Podcast. Very exciting episode this week. A little preview of uh, an, a trip that's just been happening in uh, in Africa. Some good news out of Africa. But before we get started, big shout out. Thank you to the people who support this podcast on Patreon. Patreon's a crowdfunding platform where you can chip in a few dollars every month to keep the show on the road. Um, if you want to support that, it's patreon.com slash Seth Ashworth, patreon.com slash Seth Ashworth. All right, enough of that. Let's get into it. This week, I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, uh, returning to the podcast, Adrian Matten. Adrian, welcome back. Dankeschön. Guten Tag, Seth. How are you? Ah, Servus. Yes. <laughs> In Chuligang. Um, Adrian, we are primarily going to be talking about your most recent trip uh, that's been blowing up my Instagram. Uh, the best news out of Africa, I would say, for some time. Uh, <laughs> Kenya, first descents and expeditioning. Why don't you give us the lowdown on how that came about? Exactly. So we just got back from a month of expeditioning and exploring Kenya. Um, and I got to say, it was really awesome and kind of blew us away. I would say this is the first like expedition trip I went to or like, uh, we went to um, which where we actually found classics where I'm like 100% sure people will come back to there will be some some kind of tourism kayaking tourism grow around the place and there's still so much more to, to discover um, it was great like I have to say I guess it's western ignorance I totally thought different of the continent of Africa and its landscapes the stuff we found there, we were mostly focusing ourselves around the Mount Kenya area, which is like a huge volcano, and all the, the runoffs of there are possible good rivers. And the stuff we found there, I'm pretty sure, I mean, you've seen the, the, the media, if you would have posted it oh, yeah. first in Mexico, people would have believed it. Like, incredible how much nice volcanic rock, including waterfalls and drops and amazing booths, slides, this and that we found over there. Really cool trip. All right, so let's break it down from uh, inception to classic waterfalling. Um, how did you, who's the team? Let's put it put it together. It was obviously the usual suspects, yourself and Bren, and then who else was uh, joining you? Yeah, well, so it all actually started um, three months ago when I found myself in Kyrgyzstan on a study just trip together with a couple of Americans and also David Sodomka, Czech kayaker, amazing photographer, great guy. And we were on the Sarajas trip together and I was figuring out plans for November. So was he. And originally we were planning with we, I mean, Bren, Dane, myself, maybe Caleb um, to go to Colombia. That was the original plan, but you know, everything wasn't going that great. We didn't have like a exact pinpoint plan, this kind of stuff. And then David was like, why don't you come to Kenya with me? And I was like, hmm, interesting. Sounds good. And I quickly made the call that I think it's a great idea. So I asked the boys if they were keen to go explore Kenya together. I asked to talk to David if it's cool for him. He said he was stoked. So that's how the group came together. And then also we had Honza Havelka, super smooth Czech kayaker, come in. And that made the group for the six of us. Is that correct? All right, I got I got a segue away here because I was watching Dane's first Kenya video the other day and I noticed Honza was on there and I've actually mm -hmm. paddled with Honza um uh in he was there like probably one of the scarier paddling moments I've ever had but like not skip top 10 probably not top 5 
um, in Ecuador, like probably right after you left, I think 2016, maybe or 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think 2016. Anyway, uh, him and this other Czech guy, um, Philip. I, th- I want to say Jakob, maybe. No, it's Philip. 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 Sure. Yeah, exactly. Philip, but with an F. Um, yeah. <laughs> him. So the two of them, myself and a Pereira, uh, super low water year. We went out to go paddle, uh, Cofanes, which is, um, an overnighter on the, like, near the Columbia border. You have to put in like in this little town. You have to go there the night before because you need to put in super early because you need low water for this first day, which is like these super deep, like really, really, really committing gorges. And you start at this little tiny town that you have to take like a shuttle. Like it's hours driving up this road to get the shuttle. And then the river winds basically away from civilization into the jungle. And like almost at the end of day one, like two thirds way through day one, we get to this landslide, which is like obviously like pretty recent, like a freshie. And Abe's walking around, Philip's walking around, and Hans is like, "Yeah, I see a good line." And I'm like on the fence, and I'm like, "Watch Hans go!" And he like greases this line, it's so like so nice, like it's a kind of a I know probably 60 meter rapid, boof, uh, another boof, like zigzag a little bit, boof a hole, and then you're at the end, happy days, like sh- should be fine, right? But it's a landslide rapid, so all the rocks are super sharp, and I hadn't taken that into account really. But everything that was in play was incredibly sharp, and I, like an idiot, had loaded my boat incorrectly, and I had too much weight in the bow and not enough weight in the stern. I was like, "Oh, I'm going to do the same line as Honza, but like a little more right entrance, so like should be a bigger boof." I like totally woof this boof, like I'm like wildly out of control side hit this rock and like kind of kick flip like downstream kick flip over it kind of like flailing around struggling and i can feel something is not right i'm like oh maybe my skirts come off or something and i like roll up and i can feel my kayak is sinking but i'm on the line so i'm like okay great like go through this last hole and my kayak is now obviously sinking and i'm like yelling hans is on the shore now i'm like yelling for him to like throw me a rope and he's looking at me super confused because my skirt's actually still on and I can feel I'm sinking, but he hasn't noticed it yet. And I'm like, throw me a rope, quick. And I'm like trying to try to paddle this like full of water boat over to the shore. And uh, and he throws me a rope and I manage to like get to shore. And that like rolling over the rock in the middle of the rapid, it, it turned out to be a super sharp rock. And I put a hole in the side of my kayak so big you could put a balled up fist through it. Oh, and we're like, we're in the middle, like we're still in this big canyon, like days, like days away from help and uh and i'm like oh my god like i have no idea what we're gonna do here and luckily i packed this little like repair kit one of those ones with a comes in a foil bag and it's like you put water in it and the water heats up there's like a chemical thing you break in the water and it like heats up this piece of plastic and abe had this uh, little camping stove and between those two things and some duct tape we were able to like kind of patch this boat back up to a point where i could paddle it uh to the to the basically to the end of the trip uh to the end of like day two um but it was and i've got like i've still got a scar on my leg actually from the the plastic like cutting in my leg um but it was like 20 minutes of like i don't know if this repair is going to work and i don't know what our plan b is going to be and it was uh it was sporty it was it was good but it turned out fine but it was definitely a sporty five minutes anyway sorry that's my story about honda and i uh just yeah let's come back to kenya (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so that was our group. Um, really cool group. Haven't paddled 
together in that assortment yet, but it turned out to be amazing. Teamwork worked out really well. Humor was good. We had good times off and on the water, so that worked out really great. And yeah, so basically coming back to this, so we made kind of loose plans to go to Kenya and go explore. And it um, looks like you started on like a rafting section. Is that right? Like you had a home base at um, uh, Savage Wilderness. Savage Wilderness. Yeah. What uh, yeah. What was Savage Wilderness like? Oh man, it was beautiful. Like the guy James Savage. Um, I believe his parents are from the UK. Maybe he. I believe his parents are from the UK, and he grew up in Kenya. His dad started this rafting company 30 years ago called Savage Wilderness, which is in the town of Sagana. Has like a really awesome class three four rafting section and the takeout is the the camp you also have like a perfect 20 foot waterfall there to just train and fuck Lord around Ritz. on yeah Lord it's beautiful and having having james around and having the the ability to use the camp just made life so easy so basically we flew into nairobi got picked up by our drivers james organized for us we had this like uh, matatu so like a minivan african version we were just going to cruise around for the month um yeah Dropped to the camp, met everybody there, got ourselves a little house, which we used as a base, and then basically started exploring from around there because that camp is pretty close to a lot of the runs uh, around Mount Kenya. Um, so then we first arrived, got some laps in on like the, the local home run on the Tana, then met up with uh, Mike Ufasa, Mike, Mike Bell, amazing guy. Have you ever heard of him? I have not. Yeah, so he is also, he grew up in Kenya, but his parents are from also somewhere from Europe. So he is like this amazing surfing the line in between being Kenyan, but also like being Western. He's, he's been spending some time in the In Valley in Switzerland, working in the summers and skiing and stuff like that. Amazing guy, which obviously has a lot of local knowledge when it comes to how to deal with things. And that just made our life so easy. So like the entire logistical setup, it doesn't get much better than that. We had yeah. This this camp. sounds like an ex we an had... expedition dream here, like an easy place to stay, yeah. a, a, like more than one fixer in the area who can like help you out logistics. Like yeah, that's kind of your that's gonna yeah. get you going. It was great, man. That was great. It really gave me like adventure egg vibes, pretty pretty straight away. Yeah. Um, saying that though, we arrived and we arrived at the beginning of what was meant to be a rain season, but the rain. Rain stack didn't really arrive in that way. It was like dribbling, drizzling sometimes, but not like crazy. And obviously everything was a little bit low, but there was a little bit of water left. Yeah, maybe, probably, most likely, actually. Probably. <laughs> and but out west in Western Kenya, there was still some water. Uh, Western Kenya is completely different to like the Sagana region. Western Kenya is an area where you have the very last primary rainforest of all of Kenya. You have zero tourism, like nothing. Um, everything is a bit more in the jungle and, and further away. You have less waterfalls, more rapids and stuff like that. So pretty quickly, we loaded up the minivan, the Matatu. Hakuna Matatu became our running theme. Um, yeah, we all crammed into the van, drove west and then got there and started exploring it uh, out west for a little bit. Found some really cool runs, nothing like super hard, but just like beautiful scenic class four, some slides and stuff like that with... Uh, you know, the, the TIA things happening to us, uh, such as we would paddle on a rapid and then like a huge cobra would cross the river. Quickly after, it would go to flat water. We'd be greeted by shouting locals, telling us there is a bigger ass hippo around. So then we 
find ourselves portaging flat water, <laughs> looking <laughs> back on in the rapids, that kind of stuff. Um, just made it for a cool experience. But... And a little, sorry, Adrian, a little segue for people who are not in the know. Um, can you explain what TIA is? Yeah, TIA is basically the mantra and the thing you have to live by. TIA means this is Africa. Um, so whenever something doesn't go the way you would expect it to go, when you compare it to, let's say, the Western world, um, it's definitely a TIA situation. There's, I mean, you know, there's it, so it can be good reasons. and bad, right? Too. You can say it like, oh, something like uh, a snake crossed my path, but it didn't, uh, you know, and then I portaged around flat water for a hippo. Oh, yeah, this is Africa. <laughs> but it can be a good thing, too, right? Like there's an impromptu party on the street outside and like, you know, people are welcoming in and giving you food. Like, yeah, it's TIA, too, you know, so. It goes both exactly. ways. It's like a nice, it's a nice little uh, phrase there that um, that's great when you're in Africa. And I think it just really like helps us Western Western people uh, dealing with how things work over there. You know, like of course it's different, and of course we don't understand everything. Um, it's just different, and we have to accept it. And it's I, for me at least, TAA is always with a small grin. You know, like uh, if you if you were to get upset about certain things. You wouldn't you wouldn't last in Africa. But yeah, if honestly, if you were gonna get upset about TIA, small things, like Africa's not the place to go. Yeah, you know, like we arrived at the airport, we were meant to get so we arrived at three AM at the airport. Uh we were meant to get picked up at three at around eight o'clock in the morning. Uh cab rocks up with half a roof rack. Um so we found ourselves fixing five six kayaks to a single roof rack, and we were also fixing the roof rack to the seatbelt, otherwise it would fly off the roof. You know, that's TIA. Like, what are you going to do about it? You can get upset, but why would you? Um, shrug it off, laugh about it. It's all good. So, yeah, lots of TIA moments out west. Um, saying that it was super awesome. Like, I don't know if that's, like, the thing you, people do or we just ended up doing, but we were always camping in, like, people's gardens, and it was hilarious. I was surprised how little tourism there was over there. Like, Muzungus, white people, definitely a completely new thing for them. They were super stoked, obviously. When they saw Brennan and myself with some tattoos on us, they could not believe it after all. Countless times where kids have to, or old moms have tried to wash off our skin, making it, trying to make get it look clean again, <laughs> stuff like that. That's just awesome. And uh, um, how yeah. far, like when you say out like Western Kenya, like how far away from your Savage Wilderness home base, uh, like adventure, do you have to go to get out to, to the exploring part? Mm, well, that's the thing, like, Everything in Kenya is, well, most things in Kenya is exploring. Out west, you're talking maybe a day's drive. Um, okay. We obviously split it up, scouted some stuff on the way. But like, yeah, a day's drive is, is western Kenya. But then like, kind of the water started running off in western again. And uh, there was more rain coming towards central again. Central Kenya is where Mount Kenya is. So we read it back to Sagana, got back to wilderness camp, and then started exploring around there. And that's when we like really scored. Um, so there is this run, it's called the Niamindi, and some sections of it have been run. There is a waterfall called Shusti Boosti, kind of low down in the run, which is like a pretty technical entrance to like 10 meter drop maybe. And that's been explored. Um, and there's like a 18 meter waterfall, which has been run once just above it. Um, so we went and did that, but then we saw on, on Google Maps that like, this river has like a pretty long way to go all the way off Mount Kenya through like the national forest and then kind of goes towards the waterfall. So it was very clear what we were going to go do, which meant we 
just wanted to paddle all of the river and see what's 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 up there. Um, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just so so easy, you know. It was and so and awesome. what's the like? Let's just talk a little bit, uh, like kind of paint more a visual picture of people who are just mm -hmm. like following along and maybe haven't been uh, following along on the gram as closely as I have. Um, like scenery wise, are we talking like you're in thick jungle or it's starting to get pretty open? Um, like, you know, what's the water temperature like? like what are you wearing? Like, let's break it down. Break right, it down for okay, the people. Give them a description. So Kenya in general, the coldest I've ever been in Africa. At the same time, that is awesome. So during the day, you would still hit like 30 degrees Celsius and it would be awesome. Just board shorts and, and topless or tank top or t-shirt weather, whatever. But then at night, it would cool off to like 10, 15 degrees. So you actually do get a good night's sleep, which I really, really enjoy. Um, for me, there's nothing worse than when you hang out in Africa and you go kayaking and you and you don't look forward to night because, you know, you'll just be laying in your bed or sleeping, but not in your sleeping bag, but just laying around and sweating, you know, like I hate it. But then there you could just like wear a hoodie, be in a sleeping bag and just get a good night's rest, which was absolutely beautiful. Um, scenery wise. Around Mount Kenya, it's like super foresty, even though it's not classified as a rainforest, I would still call it a rainforest. That's like if I, I don't know, if I watch Tarzan, uh, if I watch the Jungle Book, that's what I expect from a rainforest. And that's what it looks like there. Um, pretty thick, but surprisingly good trails at times. I don't know, like there's sometimes it's elephants making the trails. Sometimes I'm sure it's people as well. But even though you're in the thick jungle, it was not too bad to move around as long as you were carrying a machete, um, but way better compared to, let's say, Indonesia exploring. I mean, you've been out there, Seth, you know. I got to tell you that, like, my Indonesia trip, as, as, as my Indonesia trip, along with getting Jardia, was the most challenging, like, off-river jungling I've ever been in in my whole life. And I have been lucky yeah. enough to kayak a lot of places and do a, a decent chunk of, like, exploring and some first ascents. And the sumatra jungle was the most next level experience of, of like jungle bushwhacking i've ever had in my whole life yeah and same here you know like there it was just trying to make it to the jungle let's say 100 meters can take four hours and kenya was different it was way better you could really move around nicely um of course a little bit of uh, like a machete to use but it wasn't crazy so that was really nice so Everything around, as I was saying, around Mount Kenya, around the volcano, is volcanic rock, is quite a jungle. But as soon as you go further away from that, it starts transforming into like the savanna you always think of, at least I think of when I hear of Africa, you know, like classic, like bushy, kind of open, lots of lots of animals. It was really cool to see. Um, but yeah, Can you give us a rundown on animal highlights? Like, uh, what are we talking here? Like zebras, like giraffes, like what, what do you zebras, run into? Giraffes, uh, beast, what are they called? Beaster, gnus, like some kind of buffaloes, um, hippos, uh, monkeys, lots of monkeys. Yeah, uh, the like antelopes, uh, the other ones, impalas, stuff wow. like that. Lots of cool animals running. And you and did you around. are you seeing those animals like while you're paddling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, like, that's cool. Especially in the in the rainforest out west, it was amazing. You would like paddle through the jungle, and next thing you know, you see like a jung a monkey jump over the river from palm tree to palm tree, and whilst you're paddling underneath it, you know, that, <laughs> that is also awesome. so cool. Really, yeah, really that's cool. awesome. Yeah, 
Um, but yeah, uh, then circling back to Central and the exploration part there. So we, we decided that the near Mindy was probably a very promising looking river. And just, I mean, it's, it's awesome. And in Kenya, you have pretty good, pretty good situation when it comes to roads and access. So we just drove up this road, which then became a dirt road until we ended up at like a forest gate, like a gate to a national park where we met some dudes. Um, yeah, quick discussion. A couple of dollars later, we were granted entry. Great. And that's what we put on for the first time. Yeah, like we put on like basically right at the gate of the park. And whilst we were walking to the put-in, not knowing what's going to be down there, we all had this feeling that, it has to be good. Like, it just made sense, you know? Like, it was a really easy path to get down to the river. Um, it was just promising looking. And then we paddled off. And then, and then it just became magic. Like, the first day maybe took us, like, I would say four hours for, like, a six-kilometer section. That is very and, fast. And there's going to yeah, be people yeah. listening to this who haven't really, like, done exploring who are, like, Oh, what like 4K in six hours? Like, what were you guys doing? But 4K in six hours, where no one's been before, is inc- like sometimes you could do one day, one kilometer, you know. And if you speak to Ben Stukesbury, it's like, you know, like two days, one kilometer. Some some of his trips. So, for you know, exactly. four hours for a first ascent is wicked. It was wicked, but that's I mean that's not because we are crazy fast. That's because you get. I mean, there's so many horizon lines, you know. But you get there, one person jumps out and literally every single rapid was a thumbs up every oh. single rapid was good to go and it just ended up being like this awesome booths anything from like 10 to i guess 30 foot, 45 foot amazing super clean uh, you would have slides you would have like nice like blocked out rapids it was just amazing like we couldn't believe it and then you know like you would paddle a little bit and just wait for the thing to turn bad because that's usually how first these goes and it was still good and the next one was also good. The next one was also good. And uh, so yeah, that whole time you're just getting like good rapid after good rapid, and you're in your mind, you're like, it's got to stop sometime. Like, I, I, there's yeah, got to be exactly. some problem with this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you're like in a, you're in the jungle. It's like a volcanic rock gorge. It's the first decent. Nobody's ever been up there. It's surprisingly steep, and everything just goes. Like it was, it was mind blown. Like that was already when we're like, holy smokes, what did we just discover here? Um, saying that though, that was only like the lower part of the upper section we did because we weren't sure how long things were going to take. And then the next day we went back and did the full thing and went up even further, drove into the park, stayed on some elephant routes and then put on all the way up there. And that was just awesome as well. That was definitely more adventure vibe, but again, like awesome waterfalls, awesome drops, really way better, um, boulder garden rapids than I thought I would find down there. And then sometimes there were some throne goals in there. Um, and then it would like gorge up like crazy. Like let's just of... well, put put a pause on here, Adrian. Do you want to just run people through what a throne go is? Yeah. Um, okay, so let's say there would be a rapid in our cases, it was waterfalls landing on rocks, which are not good to go. Um, you have obviously a couple options of like getting around your way, you can repel, you can hike around trying to find access, but if the pool is good enough and it allows it, I think the quickest and best way to do it is just throw your boat and then jump after. So that's a throw and go. You basically just chuck your boat on from the side and then you jump after it and collect everything in, uh, in the pool below. And that just worked pretty well there. 
saves a lot of time, especially when you multiple people and just make sure you're moving efficient. Uh, not something you can do everywhere, but if the place allows it, definitely a very viable option, I'd say. So we did that. And then, yeah, man, I tell you, like the gorges were crazy. And the cool thing about this trip was it was really like we were able to utilize 2021 technology. We must have saved days of scouting just by zipping up drones and checking what's downstream. Oh, like, great. Such a vibe, such a vibe. That was like Kickstarter and now this were the first trips where we like really made use of the drones for scouting purposes, not just for filming. And I can't believe how much it changed the game. Like, you know, you're like in the jungle, the river does a left-hand turn, it's like gorging up like crazy. It means either you're gonna go for a three-hour machete session through the jungle, or you just zip up the drone, fly it up, kind of like anticipate if you see any, any white down there. If not, it should probably be good, or maybe you see like an eddy you can take further down to if things were to go wrong. So that was just amazing. Like in between the drones and like a good team which knows each other really well, and this epic of a river, we yeah we couldn't believe what we discovered. And then that that section became like a 35-minute bomb run joy section uh, after we discovered it. And I, like, we all think it's, like, equal, if not even better than the Big Banana section. That's kind of the white water you will find in there. So, like, fun, four plus, like, boogie, some waterfalls. Uh, you know, exactly. a lot of people are going to be able to get down there and have a good time. Exactly. Like, you have, like, countless booths around like that 15, 15, 10, 15 foot mark. You have cool, like not crazy hard rapids. And then you have that one outstanding, beautiful 30 footer, which is literally picture perfect with an epic double drop, uh, double drop entry for it. Yeah. So I think in between that section and wilderness camp around it takes an hour from there, from the camp to get to that river. I think we're going to see some kayaking tourism come up there for sure. Epic, and that's epic, yeah. one of that's like so great. Yeah, and that's one there, of the rivers you, know? you did. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> like it was wild. And then yeah, once we found that, we were like, okay, this is interesting. Okay, now you know, I just need some time to understand the place, like what type of rock you want, like at what part of the of the mountain range the best white water is hiding, how let's say rains like work in the river, what it means for like flash floods or. How well is the water holding in there? Like it's so many aspects you kind of really have to figure out when you're there. And uh, I mean, as I was saying earlier, like we didn't fly to Kenya with like a pinpoint plan. We had like a few places saved. We wanted to go check out, but everybody is busy with other projects at the moment. So nobody could put in like crazy amounts of work and come up with like a hit list. But it just kind of developed itself over the course while we were being there. And it kind of became this like road trip from us going circling around Mount Kenya and just checking out every single river as much as we could and finding gold there. Um, and that was just magic. Like, you know, you always expect the next river to be not as good. You always wonder when it's going to go wrong because that's how it's been a lot for us when it comes yeah. to exploring. I mean, the first I, I, that's how it is a lot with expedition kayaking though, isn't it? You're always like, you're always just waiting for the other shoe to drop the whole time. So, <laughs> you know, being on a trip where the other shoe doesn't ever drop. Yeah, that's yeah. like, that's a treat, you know? Exactly. Like, I mean, we spent 10 days sitting around in Indonesia waiting for one waterfall to come in. We literally uh, paid the locals to build a bridge so we could sea launch off that. You know, like we've gone a long ways to make these things happen and they didn't go through after all. 
and now being here and everything kind of feels like, I wouldn't say it's handed to you, but if you're like motivated and keen to get out and explore, possibilities were endless over there, um, which made it such a good trip. Yeah, that's that's really awesome to hear. I think, um, you know, Kenya is definitely, definitely edging up there now on my uh, places I'd like to go list. So hopefully after listening to this podcast, some other people are going to be interested in it too. Um, Dane's just started putting out his videos on the YouTubes. Uh, when's the send video fish? The fish yes. edit coming out. Exactly. So the send video exported and finished last night. We're aiming to release it Wednesday the 15th. So that's like... Damn, that's, from now. Uh, that's my birthday. We're going to get a little birthday present video. Whoop, 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 whoop. Exactly. So that's All right. Well, people are probably going to be listening to this after it's already come out then, but that's okay. I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah. So you will have seen that. Uh, we're going to start the promo train here really soon. And then after that, we're going to release like three. Let's see how it's going to go. But I think three or four send us edits of the trip um, just because it was such a good time. And outstanding white was a very special place. Like, yeah, I could go on and on and on and on about the rivers we found, but like the Mutanga, man, it was a river of like, I think 13 kilometers. And I think we counted 52 booths over six foot, you know, like retarded. Yeah. That's, like, just... That is quite, quite a good uh, ratio of, uh, of good white water to length there. All right, let's wrap it up. Adrian, where can people uh, f- follow you on the gram and things? Yeah. Uh, probably best is YouTube and Instagram. It's um, YouTube it's Sanders or Send, and Instagram is just Adrian Mattern. And uh, yeah, be part of the adventure. See what's going on. I am looking forward to go get back to Kenya and find even more cool stuff over there. All right, this has been questions you never thought to ask with Adrian Mattern and Seth Ashworth.